Courtney. And I'm Keisha. And welcome to a long overdue crossover episode of I Hope They Show Bravo in Hell and This Is Bullshit. And this week's bullshit is undercover billionaire slash undercover boss, but mostly undercover billionaire. There's a lot of bullshit going on there, guys. Let's hop right into it. Let's do it. The American dream still a reality. Is it possible to make a million dollars in just 90 days? These are just some of the questions being answered in Discovery Channel's new series, Undercover Billionaire. We're talking with one of them this morning. Joining us from New York is self-made mogul Glenn Stearns in today's sponsored segment. So, Glenn, you're going to help us make some money. I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> this freaking guy. A mousier millionaire there has never been. I don't know. Oh, gosh. I, I'm going to give it a shot. Wow, he's gonna give it a shot. Let's let's give this a shot, okay? <laughs> okay. So, in case you haven't seen it, um, Undercover Billionaire is an extension of Upper Undercover Boss, right? Yeah, an extension of Undercover Boss, and so Undercover Boss is a show where one CEO, business owner, um, they go and they um, go undercover. And uh, interact with the poors that uh, work for them. The, empl- yeah, the employees, court, <laughs> the employees, the poors. And they, uh, of course, have to screen everybody before they go on the show. They pick about three to four people. Mm-hmm. And they always have a very, very upsetting story. <laughs> um, you got to have a hardship to be featured on, to be one of the employees. Featured, correct. Yeah. And... And then when they end up revealing themselves as the, as the boss, they, you know, bestow upon these, uh, you know, dutiful employees with all these hardships, you know, like $5 or something. And uh, <laughs> yeah. undercover, bo- undercover Billionaire is an extension of that. Right. And that is, I mean, season one is Glenn Stearns. That's the very confident, very capable man that you heard in that clip who's it- going to make the deal. <laughs> If that didn't sound like a guy who is fit to make a million dollars in 90 days, I don't know what that sounds like. I don't know I mean, what it sounds like. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, Undercover Billionaire is, uh, there are two seasons so far. Uh, first season follows Glenn Stearns. He is, we'll get into Glenn in and of himself. And then the second season is um, following three different millionaires. And the premise of the show is uh, there's a bet um, we don't know who Glenn Stearns is betting against. We don't Maybe know who he's betting, betting against. Is he betting against the American dream itself? But does that mean he pays either way? Listen, we got to get into we that. We don't. It's confusing. But guys. there's a bet of some sort. And the bet is that, you know, this millionaire can start a, a business within 90 days uh, that has a the second season says million dollar valuation. I think the first season just said a million dollar business. Yeah. Um. And wow, this show—the audacity of this show—is what I would like to say. <sighs> I mean, it's like where do we even start? Like, starting off with the American dream—is the American dream still alive? 
I believe the American dream is still alive. In fact, I'll bet a million dollars on it. You, my friend, were labeled a loser, least likely to succeed. No one thought I would ever make it. Billionaire Glenn Stearns is betting a million dollars he can take a hundred bucks and grow it into a million dollar business in just 90 days. If it's a penny short of a million, I'll put one million dollars into it. But to keep this experiment fair, I'm going to do it all undercover. I won't use my name, my money, or my connections. Win or lose, the city of Erie and the people who helped me get there will be rewarded. But they don't know it. With a million dollars of his own money on the line, Glenn Stearns will see once and for all if the dream is still possible in America. Wow, I feel pumped. Um, I have a question. Is money worth less when it's called bucks or something? Like, why do you, do you ever notice that rich people always want to refer to money as bucks? Like a million bucks, hundred hundred bucks is like it's frivolous, but like a hundred dollars is like something. A hundred bucks, you know, that's nothing. Peanuts. Ooh, play of words. I like yeah. that. Joe Con- Biden. The connotation. Also, it's also a Joe Biden trick, but. Mm. Well, as I <laughs> said, as I've said in the Deep Creek, another episode series you can watch. Uh, go to our YouTube, but uh, yeah, Glenn Stearns, uh, these guys all give me like a Joe Biden kind of vibe, you know, just uh, these guys are fast and loose. Things worked out for them at the time, and therefore that's what they're going to tell other people to do, even though they probably haven't looked at the context and how they became successful or any other things that were happening in the markets or within, you know, society or the fact that they're white men. None of these things are probably things that they thought helped them. Right, of course. That they know. The, it's they're street smarts clearly because this guy he's got street smarts because you know what he had a kid in eighth grade okay that makes him he would have been called a street tough in the day you mm. know well a Glenn, scoundrel Glenn's adversity yeah I mean that's something that to definitely I mean we can we can start with that I Let's, guess yeah um Glenn Stearns first of all who is this man Okay, so Glenn Stearns owns a mortgage company. That's how he made his money. Um, was it a lending company? Or what uh, does yeah, that like mean? a mortgage lending company, and he mostly worked with the government. It was all government contracts, like uh. Fannie Mae and Fred, like that kind of stuff. So he had consistent work because it was the government. And um, if you listen to um, the amazing podcast, Grit Happens... Grit happens. Grit happens with uh, his wife Mindy. Um, she will, ex- uh, you know, they'll go through hi- the history of his life. But basically, yeah, he. Um, it seemed like a lot of failing up. Like he didn't know how to even make a con. Like th- he didn't know the difference between an RFP and an RFI and like all of these things that he should have known if you're going to do a go- do government contracting. He had no clue. And the way that he found out was to ask Janine. I, that is her actual name. It is one of my favorite names. That's her actual name. Janine, the secretary at the government office, how he should fill out these contracts and how to do it. She told him. She called him and told him when he needed to f- turn his paperwork in and stuff like that. So basically... Did he bring Janine donuts or something? I mean, what was... <sighs> he didn't mention that, but he says, oh, I love Janine. So I don't he know what He must have. Because Glenn Stern st- strikes me as a guy that... Uh, doesn't know how to do shit yeah yeah um i don't know if you you could tell from his very shaky voice but he just seems 
not certain like about anything about anything like in the way that he understands what needs to be done but he's not the guy to do it that's just the vibe i get from him totally but he seems that he does know how to or he knows who needs to do it right he knows yeah what needs to be done what needs to be done who needs to do it and i think that he somehow feels like he has some sort of like street cred or something or like this like underlying toughness about him because of his hardships that he can talk to just anyone like relatable or something you know glenn stern's yeah oh my god this is so much like joe biden okay i'm so sorry but you're (laughs) right glenn stern's holy shit he acts like he grew up like in the projects or something like um he says he's okay well i will tell you he says in um that podcast his podcast he says i grew up outside of dc and i'm like okay outside of dc could be maybe baltimore maybe it was tough um and he says we had bars on our windows and i'm like okay well actually like pretty much everyone has bars on their windows because like it's just like easy to walk up and like you know get to someone's window in dc like that's just how everyone has bars on their windows outside of dc you mean yeah yeah in a city kind of a it's a city. It's a. I mean, it's a city. I mean, this city. is it's, like, and also, I mean, like the DC area wasn't all the safe. Like, I feel like it's gotten safer. It's gotten safer, but he grew up in Silver Spring, which is where my boyfriend lives right now. Well, it's pretty gentrified now. Yeah, but it's. I still don't think. I don't even think in the sixties or seventies or whatever. I don't think it was that rough. Probably in Silver like more Spring, the eighties, the nineties. No, by 80s and 90s, he was already working. He That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying if it was going to be rough, right. I would think. Right. I would think it'd probably be better. 60s, yeah, 70s. maybe we rough them at 60s, 70s. I don't think it was all that rough. Like, you might have had to have bars on your windows, but I don't think it was all that crazy, dude. Okay. Okay. So, so he, he, so he does grow up, uh, poor, I guess, right? Yeah, his, both of his parents are alcoholics. Okay. Um, but is that... Is that an adverse? Okay, yes, it is an adversity. But also, I don't like that's like asking any singer or something or like. Right. You know I mean, it's just like so, any stand-up comedian is. Come on, give me a break. So like, many, plenty of people could have, could say both of my parents. So are many alcoholics. doctors. Like I feel like right. just like I'm straight laced because my parents were fucked up. You know. Yeah. And, and like, um. I, I think that that's one thing, too, with just, like, getting older, is you just realize everybody's parents are fucked up in yeah. a way. I think, uh, honestly, we have very even... Well, we have pretty normal parents, which is very They're odd. normal, but they went the opposite way. They went the straight-laced way. They went Super the, like, their parents were fucked up, so... Not that, but, you know, their parents were fucked up, so they're like, oh, we're not drinking, we're not doing anything. We're gonna so, go to church five days a week. Right, we just had the strictness, that's all. Yeah, what that... I mean, that's so weird. (laughs) There's still things that come with that. But yeah, Um, I guess I would just say like in the not not, uh, just note, not trying to downgrade the adversity. But the issue with the show is like he makes it seem like uh, it would. I don't know. Like he makes it seem like he was the only person to go through. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of the issue. So, first adversity he really focuses on is, um, <laughs> as well, the fact that he failed the fourth grade. <gasps> yes. Um, now, he will tell you the reason why it sticks with him is that you're so self-aware in fourth grade, and I knew I was a dummy. That huh. was his 
heart-wrenching story about failing the fourth grade. Do you grade. have anything you can think of from fourth grade? Um, no, no. I Oh, fourth grade was the first time I went to public school because I was in the private school before. Oh, yeah. you went to private school? You're my sister and I don't know this about <laughs> you. I don't remember this. Yeah, I went to that little, um, that little, like, it almost, like, must have been like a charter school. I'm not really sure. Oh. Private school. Um, and there were like 10 kids in my class. And then I went to third, third grade was my first year, I think, in public school. And so fourth grade, I was like kind of getting the hang of it. And this one kid, uh, Eric, he used to make fun of me so much. And fourth grade sticks out, out to me. He was mean to everybody, but he was mean to everybody. And then he failed fourth grade. And <gasps> I do remember that. Now he's not Glenn Stearns. Oh. Dang, okay. I know, but it's true. People definitely did make fun of Eric, but I want to say people only made fun of Eric because he was really, really mean to everybody in third grade. Uh-huh. So, but, so I feel like if Eric had failed third grade, you know, and had to stay behind, people would have been fine with it. No big deal. Would have said hi to him. He was a dick. That's the difference. Yeah. Because if you fail for it, like, I don't think the kids are really, like, making fun. I mean, maybe back in the day they were, because people are more accepting now, I Well, guess. okay, Here's here's one thing. The only thing I remember about fourth grade is that when you graduate fourth grade, you go to fifth grade. Like, what in the which, hell kind of thing is that to remember? It was a different school. <laughs> you go to middle school after fourth. No, after fifth grade, you go to middle school. Fifth is grade it? is six to six, six, seven, seven eight. eight. Damn. Okay, you're right. Then I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking, well, maybe you know he didn't get to go to the new school or whatever. But no, you're right. Yeah, That's it's not, not like you're left behind from everything. Right. right. No, you're right. still. I mean, definitely that has an impact. But listen, in the grand scheme of things that happen to on. people in in work and all of these things, you're gonna sit up in here and say, listen, I'm a billionaire, and one of my struggles was I failed the fourth grade. Like. Uh, it's just, I don't see it. Some people get raped. I don't know. You know what I'm, thank you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Some people are molested. Some, a lot of bad shit could happen to you in the, the fourth, fourth grade. grade. It just means you found out you were dyslexic. That's it. That's all that means. It's okay. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too. It's like, so, have, yeah. And then he says, uh, I, yeah, he's dyslexic. I mean, okay, well, especially in those days, they weren't really checking for dyslexia At like least that. you know. Right, exactly. So... He got nothing but good things out of that, I would think. But positive, positive, positives. You've got health insurance. That's what I'm seeing. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. All right. He's and got then, his own tutor, maybe. Maybe, Probably. you know? I don't know. And then his next adversity was pregnant at 14? Yeah. Pregnant eighth, at 14. Eighth grade. Now. Here's another interesting factoid that I've picked up just from listening. This is from his own words, people, okay? Um, if you listen to him talk, he always says, I had a child in eighth grade. I only, I listen, I've listened to two episodes of his podcast. So that's a lot. Yeah. And only one time has he said a daughter. He always says, I had a child, which to me makes me think, what is your relationship with this a child if you don't even call her your daughter? Oh, I would just, well, maybe just as a private person. Mm, no. You're saying. In the grand scheme of things, men do not suffer any consequences of having children, even if you're in eighth grade. What are the consequences of that? Did he have to drop saying, out of school? 
You're saying because he didn't have to get pregnant, show his belly, get ostracized, have to take time off of school, have to, oh, wait, what's that? Glenn Stern didn't stay around and he left and he went to Los Angeles or wherever to live in an apartment with some other people and he didn't Mm -hmm. take that baby with him. You're saying that he didn't perhaps take on the kind of hardship that the woman did. Now, before you guys get your panties all in a twist, he hired the lady. He hired the the mother of his child. She now works for him, which is pretty cool. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, he seems to keep all of his exes close. Another thing I've picked, just a tidbit I picked up about him. Interesting. People who know things about you, you want to keep close. That is true. That is true. I think he he. I mean, look, he comes across as a nice guy, I guess, but but the kind of nice guy who is always getting help. See, I just think that he's an idiot. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. He fails out. He's just Yeah, I just think he is, like, kind of like a nice guy who just is, like, kind of dumb and, like, you're just, like, unsuspecting. You're like, Glenn, okay. Right, yes. Whatever. Yeah. And then just whatever it is, way, all the way up. (laughs) Pretty much. Is that right? Is that the summation? Um, let's see. What are we missing about Glenn? He does. Um, well, because the thing is, he said that he he got a job as a lender when he was 25. So, okay. Or he started his own business when he was 25. I'm not exactly sure on the dates, but it doesn't matter because he only worked at that lending company for 10 months. 10 months. So, whatever. He could have both been 25, you know, 10 True. months. True. So, he... Um, again, fails up just like him and his friend are like, let's move west, man. Let's do it. And he goes and he stays. He tells the story of, oh, I had to sleep on the floor in an apartment in L.A. Not quite. The story is that he went and stayed with his friends. They So him and his one friend drove cross country, moving west. Great. Typical white guy. Typical white guy. <laughs> Just get in the car and go. So show up at their friend's place. There's four guys living there. He sleeps on the kitchen floor for one week. <laughs> And that's what I mean when I just say typical white guy. Just it's like, like that isn't even an option sometimes if you're a woman, yeah, or if you're like a black guy in that time or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, please, like just the fact that you can couch surf, right? Uh, or just be like, you know what? Like, why don't you just pick up and move? It's like, well, people might not like me where I'm going, but you're going to California. Good point. Now, what do you think happens to him after this one week? He gets a job. Now think about what you know about Glenn Stearns. It's okay, I'll tell you. He just so happens to have a friend from college who he was a waiter with, this waitress girl. She lives a mere 10 minutes away or so in Corona Del Mar or whatever. And guess what? What? He goes and lives with this girl. (laughs) <laughs> so he sleeps on the kitchen floor for one week hard times and then he goes and freaking lives with this girl he doesn't say if he dates her or not or not i don't know either way he's using his way to the top yet again so first example well that we know of wow yeah okay 
good to know. Sweet talking Stearns, they call him. I don't, I don't, I just, (laughs) (laughs) I bet they do. Hmm. Okay, you know, and, and I think most people would say, like, yeah, I mean, whatever. He went to college. He had a friend from college. Big deal. And it isn't a big deal. But that's the thing. It isn't a big deal. And Glenn Stearns makes it a big deal. Right. Oh, I had to sleep on the floor. And then I had to move in with another person. Oh, it's just like all of that. But, um... Yeah, his adversity is pretty limited. And and just the way, like, especially in that intro, the way that they sell it as if he's really overcome. Wow, like, we really thought you, you're like the comeback kid. Like, you came in from way behind. Everything was stacked against you. White man, college education. I mean, do you, I didn't even know he went to college until you just said that. Well, now he did have to work through school. Keisha, I worked at Hooters. Give me a break. <laughs> Court, you have not seen adversity like Glenn Stearns. I, have I don't you know had, what... to, had to shoot an oyster shooter t- uh, through your boobs? Glenn Stern has. I haven't had to do that. I haven't, I haven't had either. To do that. I'm, I would never, you know what? Let me not speak ill of Hooters. Again. Because it was a great job. We, it's a great job. And, you know, it's like, whatever. It's like, everybody makes a living. Okay. Except for Glenn Stearns. This guy just scoots his way right up to the top. So, boy, what else to say about him? Um, Well, so that's his adversity. So let's cut to his grand idea for this show. Okay. Because basically this guy had to have been sitting around, we suppose, with Richard Um, Branson and... John Elway. (laughs) He was very specific about this. Richard Branson and John Elway. (laughs) Okay, and they may have been on a yacht, and we think that this may be who he's betting. We're really, it's still unclear, because the premise of the show is, I'm Glenn Stearns, and I'm going to prove that the American dream is still alive. Propaganda. And then he says, I'm betting a million dollars of my own money. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm intrigued. Against who? Who are you betting it against? You're betting it against the idea? But who do you pay? Doesn't if you say. lose, doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't say. Very briefly, if you watch the first season, the whole way he mentions John Elway and Richard Branson, like maybe like yeah. later, later on. Well, apparently there were some scenes of him. Oh wait, a goddamn minute. Well, no, 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 because he doesn't have contacts in his phone. So I'm gonna assume that those were scenes from the beginning. But apparently there were some scenes that were cut out of him talking to Richard Branson and John Elway. It's very upsetting to me that Richard Branson is. I it, it turns I love me some Richard Branson. I, I want don't, him to I don't be something different it. in my mind. I think. It when here's the here's the here's the truth. I'll drop a truth bomb right here. <gasps> if you are rich, and this is the this is the thing. Sometimes being rich is also accepting the people that you will be rich around. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like. People who want to live in the Upper East Side of New York want to live in the Upper East Side of New York. They're just people who are like that, you know? Yeah. They have a certain level of whatever it is that they value their life at. Just like um, in L.A., you know, if you want to be rich, I think that there's a level of kind of backstabbing and undermining. They're just... I, I haven't... I mean, yes, rich people can be nice, but... At the end of the day, I just don't know too many people who haven't backstabbed somebody or thrown somebody under the under the bus, mm-hmm. and 
you have to be you you have to want that company you know right. and even if you are a rich person who's nice you have to come to terms with the fact that you're most likely going to be around a lot of shitty people who are screwing people over and right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i think that that's why this show bothers me so much because it's an attempt obviously to uh you know um soothe the masses and say like no 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 listen we're millionaires but we're like normal just normal millionaires you know yeah. we struggled that's not a struggle i'm sorry you have to recognize that you came up through some of the best economic growth in america that yep. will never happen again because so many of you are so greedy and have cut wages and have cut production competition and, and there's no competition yeah there's anymore. no competition everything's monopolized everything gets sucked up immediately by a larger company and you know there's no way for you to even compete for a better wage because there's no other avenues you can't even call to get a better wi-fi freaking rate <laughs> because guess no. what you got nowhere to go bitch <laughs> it's like sure you can try i mean that used to work mm -hmm. you used to yeah. say i'm gonna quit that your company yeah, I'm is not working and they yeah. would say hold on a second and now there's no competition no and i feel like this show just steps in at this time when things are like at the brink hmm <sighs> things are at the brink like we're gonna like we're, water just went on the stock market we're like, at peak capitalism peak can't can't sustain itself no socialism no. has had to bail it out how many times now oh eight recession mm -hmm. and now during the pandemic right right tell me why a regular individual person has to have a rainy day fund but a billion dollar billion <laughs> dollar company doesn't, doesn't have any way of nope. like, oh, keeping people afloat oh god i hadn't planned for if something happens to my business geez louise you know like come on but also like it's companies get some sort of like, if you're a large company the government is gonna give you some sort of briefing or some sort of a pamphlet or something about like if they're doing pandemic prep or whatever yeah. to mm -hmm. say this might happen in the future and you need to because they'll make some sort of code or whatever it is that you have to be up to so listen we're all getting screwed by having to probably just pay extra bonuses for ceos right now but thankfully glenn stearns is here to make you love the millionaire again <laughs> He is, and he is he's here to keep your hopes up. That is what this show is meant to do. <sighs> um, which I find troubling because I didn't feel hopeful. It's like I couldn't watch it and not see what was actually happening. Like, so you're telling me you're taking this guy who's got his own business, this lady, she's got her own thing going on, and you're going to take them and take all of their time, not pay them, but expect them to help you. It's insanity, guys. You have to watch this show. So it's let's break that down, <laughs> what Keisha just said. So this, what Keisha's touching on is basically, I think, the millionaire god complex that exists in this show. Oh, yes. That's yeah. where I put it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I think it, it's just, you. they say, you know, idle hands you know the devil's work and all that stuff yeah. mm -hmm. that happens when you have no money and that happens when you have too much and i think um just the premise of like this show being about a bet already says like you're an asshole like right i'm sitting around with my rich friends and like what's something i can do to prove something else about my self-worth 
oh, I know. Let's do a show where we pick some dipshit town in America that's struggling because we didn't invest in infrastructure and there was white flight and we didn't we sold all the jobs over to China. And now you're going to, you know, let's just pick one of those struggling towns and like <laughs> see if one of our little dumb it, like ideas will work. And then if it does work, you know, Great. They've, got a, they've got a little restaurant that they have to deal with. And if it doesn't work, well, it's a million dollars to me. What an asshole thing to do. <laughs> the <laughs> whole premise of the show is just a dick move. It's like a dick move after dick move. Yeah, pretty much. I okay. Mean, okay. And so then, now to get this to work, he's going to tell you as the show goes along, and as he will tell you anytime, um, you need a team around you. So... It starts with the team. Now, the first part of the team is this guy, RJ. RJ Messenger. So, freaking RJ. RJ's got a very successful, like, well-logoed, looks like a pretty sweet t-shirt brand. Looks like a dope t-shirt Yeah, he's got a great t-shirt brand, right? And Screen printing. Screen printing, yeah. Like, it seems like, you know, local people actually use him for projects. They don't, you know, just, like, farm. They actually, like, use him for their projects. So, seems like he's got a good thing going. Now, he he has a brick-and-mortar store. So, there's also that. He's not just, like, you know... Selling online. Yeah, he's got an actual store. Um, and this is in 2019 or 18 or 19. I think 19. Mm-hmm. So, you're telling me that this guy is going to he hires Glenn for a day for one day to screen print and then Glenn calls him and is like hey get I got an idea RJ let's go in on this together and you're telling me that this guy who has this successful business and has obviously other shit to do is just like guess what Glenn I'm in now, yes, he just hired this man off of Craigslist. Doesn't off know him Craigslist. from Adam. He's worked one day from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's just um, there, there are a lot of things happening there. Like, first of all, what a slap in the... Uh, I just feel like it's so insulting to assume that RJ didn't have any kind of St. Patrick's Day promo prepared. Sorry, but I don't believe right. that. Because I, he was just making don't. shirts for St. Patrick's Day. It's like, how did he already have shirts? Um, but also, that's one of the things about the show. So somebody like RJ, great person. And you can tell, like, this is something about the first season where, um, and and also with the second season as well, they they pick people who are very committed to working or committed to a uh, to committed to their you know job or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that they interview those people first and they kind of tell them hey something might be coming through here you know I think they maybe like interview a couple of people so they don't necessarily know if they're going to get picked right and so then if something happens if they happen to show up it's not so surprising um, but I do think that they tried to base it off of like Oh, this is like an uh, entrepreneur in this town who's doing well. We deserve to help help them. So I right. see that as like a positive aspect. But where you get into this like predatory, um, I'm gonna play with your life kind of God thing is the fact that this man he in in theory is hiring you as his employee for one day and to tell people it's just also the idea that it gives to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, the idea is, you know, it's just that 
you're not going in and asking right. for these kind of partnerships. But also, that's insulting, I feel like, to the business owner. Like, they would ex- like they're just sitting around, first of all, not thinking about these things, not investing in their marketing and stuff, but then would be willing to take the first person that comes off the street. Right. And, t- and take their idea and be like, yeah, I'll totally, let's, let's do this together. What do you know about my brand? How do I know I can trust you? It's just, I, what it, especially with today, with social media and all this, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing where I think context really should come into play because yeah. that's why it's so much easier. Think about... If Grant Cardone had a social media when he was 20, we don't know what it would have said. He, he would have been, he was a heroin addict he, or something. Exactly. So that's what it would have said. As was Glenn, Glenn Stern's head drug problem too, right? I'm not sure. Or was it just Grant? I think, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He okay, let's, about Just that. Grant for sure. But, you know, there's just a lot of context there where I feel like, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta admit, whoo, snuck it in there at a lucky time. Like, yeah, and who just, knows? <laughs> Like, this is, I guess that's what's so upsetting, too. It's like, why can't they just be happy? Like, just, you got in at a good time. You got lucky. You got to be young in the 80s. Why can't you just leave it at that? Yeah. Like, why? Now you got to, now you got to make me feel bad that, you know what? Maybe I should have gone, you know, gone up to that t-shirt owner and, like, told him my idea and seen if we could, like, make a deal. Like, no, that's fucking crazy. Okay, you sound like a a person on drugs when you say it like that. See what I'm saying? (laughs) And that is exactly how it should have that's sounded it, on the show. And that's how it would have been received. And right. that's like what is so upsetting is just the show creates this false um it, it just cre- it creates this false narrative that that people aren't asking for opportunity mm-hmm. or that people are uh not having ideas. I mean, you have to understand. We live in a time when Twitter, Facebook Clubhouse, TikTok, and Instagram are the number one things to do. And all of those platforms rely on people creating their own content. Absolutely. We are mm-hmm. not, you know, For free, lacking mm-hmm. of people with creativity or people with ideas. That's not the issue whatsoever. No. So, you know, just the fact that people just aren't creative enough or they can't think of enough partnerships, that's, that's really not the issue. And so that leads into i think maybe let's talk about the resources but um that leads into how they start talking about the resources that they're going to rely on um because i think that they think of one of their resources being like oh well the reason i'm going to win this is just because you know i've got these ideas and i'm such a go-getter and it's like you there are how many millions of interactive people who participate on tiktok literally creating content that gets Hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. But that doesn't always mean you get a partnership. That doesn't always mean that you that's going to translate into money. Right. And just the fact that, that they're taking it that way as like, oh, people just are, you know, lacking the initiative. Yeah. Right. People get up for no reason to make videos with their children. Like, give me <laughs> like, a break. Not Definitely that's not. That's initiative. Like, you're right. That's a good point. I mean, there's no lack of people out there with pure creativity and talent and and drive i mean people are are willing to do the work like people are willing to do the work they are i'm sorry you get your grandma to do a tiktok and do this and that's like it does it's not easy i don't i'm not on tiktok so i don't really know but but i I can imagine it's not easy to yeah for sure okay so resources now the resources (laughs) okay we'll go back to the other people on this show but let's let's get into the resources the resources that they are given are 
a hundred, a hundred, not a hundred dollars, a hundred bucks. Okay, because a hundred bucks is that. Oh, yeah. A hundred bucks is chill. Chill. Like hundred like bucks. Hundred bucks. No big whoop. Um, a cell phone with no contacts in it. They stress to say there are no contacts in the Cannot rely the on their cell contacts, phone. of they course. Yeah, of course not. And um, a truck that runs. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into these resources. Let's, let's break down the resources because they're really, the way they put it is like so frivolous. But let's actually, now the truck, for one thing, is big enough that you can sleep in it. Mm. It runs. Mm. It comes with a full tank of gas. What? Um and it, yeah it has no issues. It's up to date on its tags. Up to, yeah, register. It doesn't have a tail light out. Uh, I mean, you these, don't have a DUI. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of stuff. These are huge. Uh, also, yes. Also, assuming that you have a working license, that you don't right. have to go to the DMV and update your license isn't suspended because of parking tickets or something stupid. I mean, the the gall you guys <laughs> the gall. <laughs> Okay, and also just the fact that nobody sleeps in their car for a significant period of time really pisses oh, me God. off. Good God, these millionaires could not... Uh... Granted, they did place some of them in cold areas, but not in the second season, I don't think. Well, um, I don't think some of them were in... Not that cold. Not that cold. So just the fact that you... I mean, that is such a huge bonus to have a car, but not only a car that, but a car that's big enough to sleep in. Like this, we're talking about like a Ford Explorer. Yeah. We're talking about like a, like a Bronco, like I right. feel like somebody like a, had. Like, yeah. And then like a big pickup truck. Like he, these are big vehicles. You could lay down and it's sleep not, in them. Yeah. It's not like a Fiesta. Like there are people who have to sleep in their fucking Ford Fiestas. Like for so sure. give me a break. People who are actually, I saw a kid who is in college who was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed to have to show you guys this, but you know, but the news anchor was like no thank you like we want to show people what's really going on he's like this kid's in college sleeping out of the back of his like hatchback freaking car hatchback, totally <laughs> i mean so that's the first thing yeah no big deal about this only totally working totally registered mm-hmm. totally paid off for car you don't have car insurance you have to pay for no you don't have um you re- you know a registration. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. at least car mm-hmm. insurance let's include that right that would have gone 400 bucks right there or something yeah because it's three it's a three month challenge right so so that should be included then you got um no contacts with the phone the phone with no contacts now let's yeah so you're not paying for your phone the phone itself right now your phone bill is how much my phone is 85 dollars a month now that's a hundred dollars now it's 85 dollars a month but that is because I bought a refurbished phone from a guy off of Letgo for two hundred dollars cash. So that's why my so my phone would be more if I had a brand spanking new phone or a fa- you know. Mm. Okay, well we'll assume that that that's happening in this scenario. But at mm-hmm. the very least, you have a phone bill. Right. I mean, just the just the fact that three months sweep, worth of a phone bill sweep over that in the whole thing is like what a slap in the face. Like you can't because the the issue that I have with the show is that it starts with this premise of we're going to solve homelessness. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, we're going to we're going to. You think it's that, gonna solve? Yes, I feel like they're saying this is why people don't have homes. This is why people just can't get it together. Like we're mm. just gonna show them. Otherwise, why start at that level? Why start so low? Because Damn, you could have point. them all yeah, start yeah. at ten thousand dollars, right. or you could have them all start in a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. like why even go through that rigmarole? I feel like it's such a slap in the face 
on top of like whatever kind of message they're trying to send yeah. about millionaires, I think they're also trying to send a message of it's just so easy to not be homeless. Right. It's the, definitely their fault that they're homeless. Yeah, it's because just your fault. I've got a hundred dollars, a car, and a phone, and I'm chilling. And I can make it work. Right. So why can't these people figure it out? Yeah. And I mean, just no. That's it. It, no. no. And I just wish more people would watch it and just go, no. <laughs> that is not right. If you look at the Twitter comments, that is not what people are saying. And I'm we're fairly certain it's been scrubbed, but you know, that's pretty sure they diff- scrubbed the negative comments. Yeah. We'll discuss that later too. Okay, so the f- where are we on Third the phone? Thing. Well, the phone. Anything, Anything else? else? Well, the wi- Well, okay. Well, oh, for- Wi-Fi. Also, yeah, I'm paying uh, so uh, unlimited texts and unlimited data because you got to have. You have to have data because right. the guy's not anywhere near Wi-Fi. Right. So that's another thing. So though. it's not like you can just get it like a, you know, a flip phone or something like a burner phone. Like you have to get a phone that has Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. and everything too. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean. I had friends who would have to go like, go to the library or it'd be like, oh, I'll... Because they had an iPhone, mm-hmm. but it would only work on Wi-Fi. On Wi-Fi so they'd yeah. be like, oh, you know, I'm walking this way. I'll, I'll text you next time I get to the next Wi-Fi right. stop. That never happened in the show. No. Even if you get one of those government phones, you still have to... You only get a certain little bit of data and then that's that. So, sorry guys, but you're caught. Millionaires. And third thing, okay, a hundred dollars. Now, hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Just a hundred bucks. That's all you got. Um, the hundred dollars is interesting because the whole thing of what you're supposed to be watching is the ticker of him spending money and counting it down. It gets a little willy nilly. Gets a little willy nilly. It gets a lot willy nilly. Right around episode three. The ticker is just gone all of a sudden. Season one and season two. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like, wait a minute. Did he pay for? I is that where that mattress come from? Right. Oh, hmm. where did they get that printed shirt with their uh, logo on it? Oh, huh, that's weird. weird. Oh, that's straight. I didn't, I didn't see, see. Didn't see that come off the. Yeah. So a hundred dollars. They go in really heavy with it in the beginning. He's buying ramen. You know, he's uh, eating. Oh, my God. How many how many times do you think how many things of ramen do you think they bought to shoot that? For five. Five. Yeah. How many do you think he actually I think he took I think bites he out ate, of all I think of them, he ate maybe. two. They were like, let's get this shot. Yeah. Oh, because one of the best. OK, so let's just one of the best things details that you pointed out was the fact that when Glenn Stearns did sleep in his car the mm-hmm. first two nights. He did not put his hood up. Okay. Think about that. Have you ever... Okay. He did not put his hood up. (laughs) It doesn't make sense, people. I don't... Even if you're just sitting in your car and you're... Somebody else is driving, you're sleeping in the back seat. You don't put your head on a cold-ass window. (laughs) It's insane. That's insane. (laughs) So then you're going to tell me you're going to sleep all night long with your head. This man has no hair. He has no hair. You're going to put your head on the cold window and fall asleep? That's crazy. I'm a person who would wear a wig with a hat. Okay, that's that's comfort. Okay, because you're warm. You're secure. Exactly. I would still put on a hood hood. in that situation. There's no way you wouldn't. You're putting your head again. We went across the country (laughs) not recently and had to sleep in our car one night. And it was very cold. And our heads were against the windows. And we certainly had our hoods up. Certainly. And we had on fuzzy hats. Yeah. So how how is this guy 
who is Blail. old and frail Blail. and oh i forgot to put on my hat and he slept the whole night in that truck you're telling me 17 degree weather please in seven come on come on okay and that's the stuff where i'm like don't insult me. Yeah. Don't insult me while I watch this fucking show. You want me to take in your propaganda and then you're going to do something like mm. this. Oh, you just can't live in, you just can't survive in 17 degree weather with no uh, hat on. That's your problem. That's your main problem. <laughs> Sorry, person who was homeless and died of hypothermia. Uh, Jesus. I mean, good Lord. So let's get back to Glenn's team. <sighs> okay. The second person that he brings in is this interior designer lady. We already covered RJ Messenger, so he's the guy with the t-shirt shop. Right. And now we've got the interior designer. Dawn, right? Is that her name? Her name? Dawn Van Scoder. Von Dan Sc- Dawn Van Scoder. Yeah. That's, that's how it's... I that's wrote it. it down, so... A successful lady. She's got... One shop, shop, one shop open already, I think, and then she wanted to open an antique store across the street or something. She like that. She had already bought the antique store, so that's really where my confusion came in. Because one thing about undercover billionaire that they love to do is to set up a meeting with no introduction. They don't tell the audience how they got the meeting. How would a person with no context, no resources, no mm. place to live? Mm. No shower. How would that person always get a meeting with the owner of the place they're trying to go to? I don't know if you've ever tried to get like sponsorships or whatever for different kind of events. Kind of hard sometimes to get contact of the owner. Usually they direct you to somebody else. But well, again, <laughs> um, the problem is you're going about it wrong. Oh my god! I'm so yeah. Sorry. So what you should have done was. Walked right into Don Van Scooter's store Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and said, hey, I'm a guy who's 55 (laughs) and I just want to give it a go and see if I can change my career at 55. And that's why I have, oh, that's why I have this crew with me. This film crew. That's really something that we overlooked. Sorry. We forgot the adversity that... (laughs) Glenn's story is that, you know, uh, I'm 55 and uh, now I'm trying to get into something else. Like, what? He (laughs) had to have a cover story for why this crew was with him. Right. But he made it sound like a sob story rather than how I took it as like, cool. So you're getting to start your own business at 55? Like, he was making, I don't know, like, I guess maybe it was probably tinged by the fact that I knew who he was, but, um... It wasn't the best selling point. Like, I don't know. Maybe I, I guess I would have come up with a better story than that. Well, yeah, the story was really just I'm 55. And, and that I'm was the hardship. Tr- right. And I'm trying. <laughs> that was the hardship of that. And I'm trying to see if I can, if the American dream is still alive, I guess. And if I can just like do it and start my own business. Now, having someone come into your store and say that to you, then you would have sit down and have like an hour long meeting with them. Would you be like, good luck, bro? Like, what? Yeah, that was really... I mean, that's the thing about the the show where they just don't explain 
how they get these people there or it must be because of the cameras. It's got to be, you know, part of it that they that's and that's why I think that they definitely pre-screen and pre-cast everybody because they agree to be in something. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. why are you as the owner of the the top interior designer in this town? Right. Sitting down with somebody with no, you know what I mean? Like, like I, okay, no offense. Like I wouldn't say like, oh, nobody or whatever, but I'm just saying in terms of like, if you had an actual, if you had a business, yeah, this person, Glenn was sitting down as a person who had no money to offer you. Right. Who said, I would like you to help me start a restaurant. <laughs> no, it wasn't and flip even the house. Yeah. It was mostly flip. Was it just, I thought he was going to going to go get advice from her when she showed right, up at yes. the site. I was like, what the hell? There was yeah. no money because there was no money discussed and there never is. There's never any money no. discussed. And that's what pisses me off because if you really are in business, there's a negotiation that happens. And I don't understand why they don't tell the audience what the negotiation is because if you're really going to do all these things where you, oh, here's the tip about how to be, you know, a business person, show the negotiation. That's right. the most important part. They basically, the whole show is sweat, set up on sweat equity. Like, all of these people, at some point, he will, you know, say to the people, he's like, well, I don't have any money to pay you guys, but if you can put in some sweat equity, it's going to pay off. And that's not real life. Who are you getting? There's one guy who they interview who does drop out because he says, I got bills to pay, bro. Sorry, I can't do it. But in real life, who? how many people can really work on sweat equity? It's- how many people who actually have... for? <laughs> I mean, RJ had a brick and mortar business. Right. Uh, Don Don had a brick and mortar business. Yeah. Plus, she's a single mother. Oh, I forgot about that. Then you've got so the only person who really actually interviewed for the job was this like marketing guy. What was his name? Uh, Matt or something or something. Matt Brian, something like that. Something like that. And I, that is that it, because it is a reality of the job market that there are things where you have to, this is just so depressing, but I mean, I guess when I was coming out of school, I expected to have an unpaid internship, Mm -hmm. but this guy that he hired was like 40. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So who, I guess I'm just, the idea of an unpaid internship is total bullshit and nobody should have to do that. And like, we should totally get rid of that. And, what an elitist stupid thing to put into the even the ether but the fact that like they're perpetuating it through the through an older person who has experience mm-hmm. basically saying oh you should be willing to accept a job for no money for the promise of making money and that's what pissed me off right and it's and i guess even to add to that that it's not just the promise of making money but there's no this guy brings absolutely nothing to the table. It's not like he's coming in and saying, hey, I'm Glenn Stearns. Can you work with me on sweat equity? Because I'm good for it and I'll definitely pay you back. This He's supposed to be Glenn whatever, no name, you know? Like he's changes his name or whatever. And so he's expecting to get people to work off sweat equity for who? For, for no, 
no ca- yeah like who are you that's something that you would do if you were like leading a volunteer project and you were rihanna you know you'd be like you know listen like i got you another or you just be like oh i'm working with rihanna but right you don't help some guy just some random some random guy. guy who like hunks like this is like oh man I, I might and here's the thing he started off wanting to do a a beer, making yeah. a beer, or making a brewery. Craft beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he went from that to barbecue to trying to make his own, get his own beer with all these other breweries. I mean, if you were in real life and saw somebody switching from going to making a beer to making a brewery to making a barbecue to making, like, you would say this person is insane. Yeah, and wouldn't I you say, like, my time. Mm, doesn't seem like a good business person to me. I think I'll go back to what I was doing before. A hundred percent. Like, what? <laughs> Total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so some of his people were just... Now, Don was a dreamboat, though, guys. I, I will say, like, she... Her, the faces that she makes are amazing. I don't know why she puts up with him. I don't know... Uh, I mean, I assume only because the cameras are there. There's I think she no just doesn't want to look bad on camera. But she's pissed the whole time, and I love it. Love it. She's the only person that's like reasonable and is like, how, how fast do you want me to do this? Why are we moving so fast? I don't understand why we're moving so fast. But she so still fast. goes with it. No, the whole, it's such bullshit because she still goes with it. Because who is a business person in the right? I mean, or maybe this is why mm, I'm such a contrarian. Is that the word? Or people don't like me. Whatever. I would have said, fuck you. No. <laughs> right. I would have said no. But you would have been well within your rights to say that because it she should have said didn't make no. any sense. I'm sorry, but he came to her and he said, I heard you are the best interior designer, the most well-renowned interior designer in the town. Mm-hmm. And she talked about how her dad did stuff in town and all this stuff. I'm not working for you for free. Right. And he worked her the hardest. Yes. He was not there on the jobs. If that's something you're going to do... You're going to try to flip a house in a very quick amount of time. You have to be there every day yourself to offer yourself up yeah. to help. At the very if, least for labor. Even if that means just like going to the junkyard, like t- going to the dump and taking the stuff out of the way, whatever that you, there are yeah. ways you can help. Absolutely. But where was he in the apartment that we did never, okay, we'll get to his expenses later, but. Lord. Uh, yeah. Like that was the makeup of the team was very interesting. And then at, towards the end, um, you know, he added uh, a black guy who helped his barbecue. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleet. Clout. <laughs> yeah, the guy's name was Cleet, but he helped his clout. Yeah, Cleet helped his clout. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, there was also um, Ashley Messenger, which was RJ's sister. Mm-hmm. So she ended up being the chef. Right. Uh, which makes me also just feel like the show is like a little bit set up because of yeah. that. But yeah, I do just think it's like, taking advantage of a small town in plight, (laughs) you know? Well, for sure. I mean, taking advantage of them in a couple ways because what we were talking about earlier was how none of them necessarily... Like, you're assuming that these people ever wanted anything to do with whatever the fuck it is your business was. Oh, do you want (laughs) to own a restaurant and operate it and I'm going to leave? Would oh. you like would you like that? Cuz I'm going to I could just drop this restaurant right in your lap and I'm going to I'm going to go. I so I'm going to give this to you. Do, I actually you want, am an interior designer. No, no, no. Do you want I, do you no, want the re- I I have a t-shirt the re- store. Take, I have a 
I have take a t-shirt it, store. Take the rest. Take, oh. uh, take, push okay. this to you. Okay. I'm the general manager I'll put you now. in the paper. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. And, and we're leaves. even. And he fucking leaves. Like, what the hell is this? Like, who? <laughs> like, these people did not sign up. for. Okay. And here's the, here's the thing is he started off with craft beer. So let's just say, you know, maybe uh, RJ or whoever, any of these people could have been interested in craft beer to begin with. But then you ended up with something totally different. And a restaurant is one of the most precarious investments you can get in in, in any business. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard to run a restaurant. The overhead is crazy. The 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 amount of like the margins are really slim unless you're selling a lot of alcohol. It's a barbecue. You have to sell. I the only place that I worked ever that I know made money was Cabo Cantina in L.A. Right. And that's because they had happy hour twice a day two for one they sold so much alcohol mm-hmm. so much alcohol i mean insane amount of margin on alcohol right and very little food that's how you make money it's the only way that place was a barbecue place you're not making food based on barbecue if you base the whole concept on food you're not making money no sorry it just doesn't it doesn't pan out especially if you don't have it, then think of this on top of that the only person who had ever worked in a restaurant before. Uh, okay. No, I'm gonna, Ashley. I'm going to take that back. Two people. The first person who had worked in a restaurant before was the chef who quit slash got fired. And then the second person was, yeah, Ashley, RJ's sister. True. So these are the only people who know anything about a fucking restaurant. I mean, there's... And, and that's the other thing. It's this kind of like the... Um, the uh, I, I don't even know the word to use not a, yeah, just the fact that people think restaurants are such a frivolous effort yeah you know mm-hmm. um if you work at a restaurant you know how there's so many people involved that you have to coordinate their schedules it's not like an office where if somebody calls out that doesn't Whatever. affect any yeah. anybody else's work in the office. Mm-hmm. Somebody calls out at a restaurant. That affects a lot of the rest of the work. There, there are a lot of uh, parts that interlock and interlink and have to flow together. And also, it's not just front of house; it's back of house. Right. It's you know, it's the security. It, it's so it's a valet. They had all these problems with inventory, like all kinds. So of stuff. many different things, and just to treat a restaurant like it's a frivolous you know, mm-hmm. endeavor to me it was just, and, and rich people always do that. They of always course. start a restaurant. And then I guess when really they just want to own a bar, they really just want to really what they want to do is they want to like buy everybody rounds of alcohol mm-hmm. and look cool at the bar, but just go buy people rounds of alcohol then. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do this? Yeah. I thought, I, I don't, I thought also it was very offensive that, he felt that this uh, underdog barbecue would be franchisable, and that's how he gets to his million-dollar valuation. Um, I I don't. Was it the logo that was a bulldog? Was it um the name that is you know pretty basic? What is it that people are buying if they're buying? The underdog barbecue franchise. What are you get? What is quintessential out of this thing that you're There's buying? Nothing, and that's the thing too. Is just 
that's how you know like just how much they and and that's what it, that's what really oh god gets to me is rich people think because i'm rich i must know it all i've figured oh. it out yeah that's i how, could start any business that's how you it, got here is because you're rich because i'm so smart though that's why yeah. it's because i'm smart it's not because the market was this way or because i knew this person or because i got helped Mm-mm. over here that it's because i'm smart okay yeah. so let me tell you even though this is an industry I know nothing about, let me tell you what's going to happen. And I just like <laughs> having they, they he didn't even come in a barbecue restaurant only would really stand out if you had award-winning barbecue, uh-huh. which they did enter into a festival, mm-hmm. which first of all they got the entry fee waived, which would not happen. If you're a festival right. and you know Every penny counts and you're very deserving of those pennies and you would not just let some random person at the last hour come in for no charge. Right. You would make them pay the booth fee. Not only a random person, a random person who doesn't even have a brick and mortar store up yet, doesn't even have the restaurant up and running yet. At some point. Didn't even know when. Yeah. Right. So... Just the fact that there what like it's not like you have a signature recipe or a signature mm-hmm. sauce that you can sell, or it's been there for so long right. or given to the community in such a way. It's just because you named it Underdog. How stupid do they think that people are? I mean, that would I would go throw eggs at that place. Honestly, like fuck that place. If like, I lived in Erie, Pencil. you're gonna call it Underdog. You're a fucking millionaire. You started this. You have no interest in barbecue. You have no interest in Erie. You just happen to get dropped here. You're gonna call us Underdogs. Like this is not a true investment in what's going on. This is a no. bet to you, and that is, oh, it just rubs me so wrong, and I hate that. They've scrubbed all the bad <laughs> content oh, on I the know, internet about it because there's no way that this many people are saying good things. There's no way. That's another um, resource that we missed. Um, the fact that this guy is, and all of these people, season, you know, they're millionaires. So they have a set timeline. They know that in three months they're going home to sleep in their mansions. So if you, you can do anything for a set timeline if i if you if i tell you okay you have to go to iraq for three months you get it in your head and you're like okay cool but at least i know i'm coming home there's an end date there's an end date and it change that changes the way you operate wholeheartedly if you're homeless and you have no end date and you only have a hundred dollars left you're living your life way different like this is that's a huge resource i just found out today that um if we don't do something very drastic about climate change this year pretty much wheels are off baby yeah and guess what we ain't doing nothing about climate change it's gonna be drastic so i smoked two cigarettes today okay that's how i feel about it wow because what does it matter i'm not gonna live to be 70 doesn't i'll be lucky if i get to live to be 50 quite honestly so yes your mind your mindset changes right for Mm -hmm. sure so if you have no end in sight um you know, it, it's, you know, if you don't think you have a job interview tomorrow, whatever, or whatever it is, escaping the cold. Right. You can drink because you want to escape the cold. You can drink. There's yeah. so many different things. And just the fact that um, they try to kind of cure, cure it all up with, with just the fact that 
they can handle it. So let's d- dive into that. Let's dive into how they kind of try to solve homelessness. <laughs> is that not what they're doing or am I making that up? I, I just mean, had deja vu. <sighs> oh, did you? Oh Ooh. my God, so hard. Ooh. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, that's good. Oh, that's talking good. about Grant Cardone and, and talking about the injustices of undercover billionaire. I mean, yeah. People um, have to know. People need to know that Glenn Search never should have made this bet against nobody. Or, against or himself? Does against he pay himself? himself? Who's he betting? Who What's happening? Betting? I don't get it. Oof. Um, I've lost track. What are we talking about? Uh, I just said something prolific, and then I got very excited, and I forgot. Mm. On that note, I guess we'll take a break. We're going to have to check, and we'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even go back, okay? Because I remembered we were talking about how this show tries to act like it's curing homelessness. Right, okay. And so I did not initially get that from it. I was so focused on the American dream propaganda that I wasn't paying attention very much to the housing side of it. Okay, so when you say... So what part is more so the American dream... Oh, uh, just that you can, um, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and meet all these people and use your connections to then flip your hundred dollars into X, you know, I, because I, I guess I, the be- building of it, I guess. I feel like the American dream is a stable living place, nuclear family. That's, that's what it is kind of more defined as. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But then, you know, same yeah. thing would be having a business, having your own business. Whatever. Right. Um, but I do think it tries to tackle kind of both at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I guess thinking back now, I can see how, um, Let's use the tires, for instance. First thing that Glenn makes <laughs> money from. So I can see how by them trying to teach us this uh, tire flipping trick that they're can you trying to expand on that. So Glenn, oh, let me just Glenn. Uh, he is in area Pennsylvania and he says, I'm going to like go along basically the tra- the railroad tracks and look for uh, different tires that may be useful that I could sell. For profit. Right. Because salvage yards. His his tip, because now he gives you tips and tricks along. You've got to take notes and such. He's giving you tips. And one of the gems is that you have to find your buyer first, which, okay, sounds like a great tip. That's that's true. You find what people want to buy and then you provide them with that thing. So he goes on Craigslist. Apparently, people are paying big bucks for used industrial, like heavy duty tires. So... Um, so then he uses the hundred dollars 
gas money and the ramen noodles. He lives off of that and mm. he just tools around and tries to find these tires. Now, he sells the tires for what I would say is an unreasonable price. Unreasonable. Unrealistic. Like $1,500 or something for these used... Um, tractor tires. Now, okay, I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, it's a freaking, it's a tractor tire. This is a huge tire. It's a tire for a military tire. These are big. No. The problem is that the guy who buys the tires comes and meets Glenn Stearns at the same place where Glenn Stern found said tires. It doesn't make sense. Uh, is that, oh, wait, wait, let's just think, because maybe I'm just... Is that how transactions... Well, okay, think about it. When we went on Let Go and we bought that coffee maker or whatever... Yeah. We went to that person's house. No, but she already owned the coffee... She didn't pull the coffee maker out of the trash and sell it to us. Yeah, but Glenn's not saying, I'm standing here at the trash. He's saying, I have these tires. This man is from Erie, Pennsylvania. The guy who buys the tires from him. You're telling me he's that into uh, these like military tires and tractor tires and stuff. He never once thought to go by this salvage yard and look himself. But don't you know how poor people think? <laughs> they don't think about these things. Okay, wow. yes, the salvage yard might be right there where you could get your own tires. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. why isn't he paying a salvage yard fee? Yeah, yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Salvage yard fee. Say that two times. Three times fast, maybe. I, I won't. Salvage yard fee. fee. Salvage yard fee. Salvage yard fee. Junk salvage yard. yard fee. Junkyard fee. Yeah. Okay, well, you simplified it. I did. But you know what I'm saying? Like, those kind of d- deductions were not included. No, not at all. Because I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure when you go to, like, a junkyard or something, you have to pay When we go to turn something. our recycling in, we have to pay. Right. <laughs> to drop off trash, <laughs> we have to pay. Yeah, very unrealistic, and but but that's why I think you know this this show is just so harmful. Like it's trying to solve homelessness, and the ticker, the ticker is really <sighs> problematic because they only use it when they want. Yeah, because there are certain times when they forget about that ticker. Like Glenn, he um. We see him when he's, you know, freezing in his car. Mm-hmm. He tries to go to a uh, motel. And actually, that was something I really appreciated is the fact that because I feel like a motel should be $25. I honestly do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and I think that it was maybe the way that it was before. And it must be property taxes or something, right? That are like, who knows? They're, they're the old, like, that's got to be one of the only reasons why... I mean, these prices have gone up. It's just insane. Yeah. You used to be able to, like, have four families, go down the Route 66, hit all the motels on the way, and still have a little money to get your kid a gift. You know? And now what? And now what? Nothing. Nothing. No. You can't do that. You got to drive straight through. It was, like, $55 or something, wasn't it? Or what was the price uh, of the... What, what his? Yeah. yeah. It was 65 I think. When we went to Winslow, Arizona, we uh-huh. went to a non franchised yep. like on the road route 66 motel yep. and that was $95 um cuz you told them we had a pet yeah yeah so it would have been 75 without the pet don't be honest that's the first thing 
look. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so exactly. It wasn't, but you would think it would be like, oh, $25. I told, $25. I thought it would have been a lot less. And the, and the price was not online. I just, I thought it would have been less for sure. Totally. Yeah. And I do, so they did highlight that and that's true. But um, just the fact that this ticker, it just kind of runs in its own whenever it wants to. Right. And then if you really pay attention to the show, then you see all these little things that, I mean, that mattress that shows up all of a sudden out of the blue, what the hell is that? But also when Glenn gets an apartment, um, so and that's a mm, really good yeah. idea. Like, okay, great. You get an apartment and you pay it for as long as you can. So you have that stable living space. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the person said, like, they pay for trash. They pay for water. But they didn't say that they paid for electricity. Right. And that's where I was like, okay, that's a bill. Right. That's a bill you're not including. And the power was already on. Exactly. It was already on. He didn't have to call. He didn't have to tell them his social security number. He didn't have to... All like, these different things. I guess, okay, I, I mean, I for the sake of TV, I get that it would be boring, obviously, to watch him call and Would get, it? Well, yeah, it might be... Think it would, about it. But it might be would too... It? it would be too time-consuming to call and get his stuff hooked up. But I do think they should. it should have been on the ticker. Like, it should have been like, oh, okay, well, Glenn had to pay $35 to get his water cut on, so... See, but I, I guess I just think... Because part of that, too, is waiting for the person to get there and show up for the service. Just like with Wi-Fi, you know, mm, too. That's true, yeah. I, because the point of the show is basically like, ah, people are just wasting their time and their resources, and this is why they're not getting things done. Yeah. Some of the time of your life is waiting for the person to come hook up your wi-fi and hook up your <laughs> your water and your power or whatever that's some of the time of your life they always say the window True. is going to be from 8 to 12 and they don't show up until 5 p.m that's always the way that it is right and you wait all day you take off work whatever it is and that is what it is so no i think that that's total bullshit that they don't mm, show point. the the minutiae because right. you know they think that you know, showing him eating ramen noodles once is the minutiae when no when we see you okay you've got heat you got, mm-hmm. you know, you're clicking on light right away, so hmm. something else is going on here. Good point. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so never mind how crazy the apartment that he lives in is. Let's just forget. <laughs> which he is never in. Which he's never in. Let's After just, episode three. Let's talk about how in the hell this guy gets a house, which he is then going to sell and flip to make the money to pay for his fledgling restaurant. Well, he has realtors. Uh-huh. Which he gets without contacts, he says. So. Oh, that's right. He's got no contacts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I think he, maybe he was referred or whatever, but um, I also think, you know, it, that's just also an issue of privilege and experience and all these different things. Because, I don't know, like, uh, would you think to go to a realtor if you were trying to, if you had no money? No. I don't know. You know, it's no. just the mindset's different. Yeah. Totally. I, I think if I had no money, I think I would look for a foreclosed house 
or look for something that was being sold by the owner so I didn't have to pay the fee, you know, like the realty fees or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it didn't really make any sense how that happened. He was still using a lot of rich people tools yeah. for somebody oh. who had no money. Yeah, and but, that's and that's something that you don't freaking learn in school. You don't learn rich people ways and all the tricks and all the like little ways that they get things done. Because usually it's having other people do it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to know why rich people get so much done in a day, it's because they didn't do it all. Like, exactly. That's, that's the only explanation. Right. Yeah. I mean, he has these realtors out there and he's like, oh, you know, can you, you know, they're out there pounding the pavement for him and like finding this stuff for him while he's off doing other things. I mean, that's tracks throughout the whole show. Of and course. he does the same thing in his flip. Oh, my God. How in the hell does he get all of these people to be cheap, free labor for him? You're telling me a person. Once again, we're going back to the fact that RJ has a brick and mortar store. Don has a brick and mortar store. Um, this guy he interviews for, yes, an, um, an unpaid job, but still a job like a marketing a, position. A, a marketing position with a brewery. You're telling me these people are going to show up at your passion project to flip a house so you can get the capital to start the restaurant. First of all, I would say you need to get your shit together. Right. Call me when you have the money. Why the fuck <laughs> would I stop my day to come help you for free to make the capital? For your business, I don't know you. If you're the t-shirt guy, I've already given you a job. I've right. already done a promo with you. How? Are you kidding me? I'm abandoning my store this much? Right. He's done so much for this guy. And now on top of that, he's going to break his back to rip out carpet and stuff. Possibly have asbestos poisoning or whatever. It made literally no sense. I mean, and the amount of time that Glenn was actually at the house was <laughs> ridiculous. He was never there. Just like a rich guy. Just like, a, yeah. But guess what? It got done. Yeah, because he pushed <laughs> the shit out of that girl. And that's the thing. You've got to tell people who are being unreasonable with your labor to fuck off. Yeah. You have to. You have to. Otherwise, I mean, well, really, we're at a point where you can't because there's so many people who can fill in your position now at this mm, point. Yeah. Um, but the but the upper hand that Dawn did have is the fact that she was the best in town. And I just felt like that was such a such a, an assault, a personal affront. I don't even know what to say, but it was so rude to her skill level. Yeah. And the fact that she wouldn't stand up for herself, I really had an issue with. Was very odd. You know what? Wow. Just when you just said that, it just made me think of this. Because she was, remember, because Dawn was always saying, like, I don't understand why we're going so fast. I don't understand why we're going so fast. She kept reiterating that. Now, if Glenn Stearns was in reality a nice guy, Glenn Stearns, the, the millionaire, not Glenn Stearns, the, you know, pretending to be poor guy. Mm -hmm. He could have said, you know what, guys, I was a little overambitious. Let's make it 120 days or whatever. All they would have had to do was change a couple of voiceovers. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Where he says, oh, we're doing this in 90 days. Keisha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is... He has a bet to 
Richard Branson and or <laughs> John Elway to fulfill? Do you think he wants to lose a million dollars? Oh, my God. It's just... <sighs> no, and that's why they, these right. people are psychopaths. And Complete. that's why they're psychopaths. Because you saw that woman literally breaking down. She was crying and, and stuff. And that's yeah. why I think that they... they uh, pre-selected a group of people mm -hmm. because they thought I'm going to get an opportunity and that's also why they're preying on small towns with little opportunities so you can get people to agree mm -hmm. I mean the whole thing is just is just such um, you know it's so parasitic it's just like oh wow this town is in peril rather than actually helping it in some real way I'm right. going to yeah. play with these people and, and that's the end of a society just so everybody knows like when when you're rich, start doing that to poor people. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna say poor just because you own a business doesn't mean that you have money. Like, right? You're struggling. Like yeah, a lot of she, these people are struggling. Yeah, she definitely seemed like she was struggling, and she was a and single so mother. RJ. Yeah, like, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of these people were, and and we all are because wages have not kept up with the productivity. Look at how quickly these people came together for this guy. Mm -hmm. And he still only gave her $20,000. <gasps> Which was, at the bare minimum, what she should have been paid. That was not some angel bestowing a crazy, life-changing amount of money on her for being on this goddamn TV show. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Their payments. Ooh, okay. Let me, let me tell you how it shook out now. Um, okay, so... You've got Chris Trot, who was the guy who made the um, did the metal work. He made the smoker. He gets twenty k. Who was just in there with really no real understanding? I mean, he like sh he showed up. He was one of the people that he um, businesses that he went to when he was kind of figuring out what business to do. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, oh, yeah, like, I'll definitely, like, keep you in my back pocket or whatever. But then also Chris showed up to the interviews um, and seemingly did the work for free. That's a lot of welding right. work. A lot. And he, but the reason he get the reason that Chris gets so much, Glenn says, is because he neglected his own business. And was up late at night. He got 20K. Okay. Well, no, 20K would be more... Is that even fair for what he did for him? 20K, that was a beautiful say, smoker he made. Beautiful. I would, it was engraved. Yeah. No, had it was the logo great. on it. I would say 20K is fair for 20K him. 20K is fair. But he gives... I, the re, Okay. Mm, I'm going to... Yeah, I'll say that's fair. But then Don, the designer we've been talking about... She gets 25K. What a slap in the face. She designed the restaurant, designed the house, did all the labor in the restaurant, did all the labor in the house. Called all of her favors for Ca the house. Called in all of her favors, was crying, had her kids there. Her kids were on the work. I would have cussed this motherfucker out so hard. <laughs> You're telling me that you worked me like a motherfucking dog. When I am starting my own business, I am telling you I just bought the antique shop across the street and you see how hard I'm struggling. You're not there every single fucking day and I'm supposed to be grateful for $25,000. That's what I'm owed. And right. you're a billionaire. Fuck you. You need and to pay me way more money. Exactly. Oh my and God. I was so you're mad. a billionaire. Ugh. I mean, come on. But 
Instead, she cries. She cries and she's thankful. And that's because when you're poor, you must always be thankful. Right. Now, okay, the marketing guy, he only gets 5K. But that's whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Um, wow, interesting. Christine, who was the chef who ends up quitting or getting fired or whatever, only gets 10K. Now, here's why I think Christine should have gotten more. Mm-hmm. Christine brought all of the um, the the kitchen stuff. Yeah, she brought all the kitchen she stuff. She had all of the commercial grade kitchen. She had all yeah. Of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. If he would have had to rent that from her, it would have cost him cost at, at least ten k. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This guy's a user. He. If you're not catching on. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. And then, Cleet, the one black person in the crew. Um, who was like a barbecue master, but they didn't, he, oh, he didn't have commercial restaurant experience. They didn't, I don't know, some, they didn't, they just liked his persona. So they liked that he was a black guy and he could give him street cred to the barbecue. That's what it was because <laughs> there's no other way around it. Like, no, there isn't keep all of these people on for, especially to be the, I mean, Cleet was the face the of face. their booth. Absolutely. At the um, barbecue, like, festival thing. Right. He wasn't just, like, a cashier who, like, took people's money no, and, like, no, no, really, no. He was making his own ribs. He was talking to people. Right. So, fuck that guy once again. You know, he's just using black people for their very great traits. He's using black and white people. Okay, that's another thing, guys. We all have to come together. We're all poor. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. True, true. But he gives our friend Cleet an undisclosed amount of money. Mm. Why? Why is it that Cleet is the only one who he says, here's he, everyone else, he tells the exact amount. Cleet, he says, here's a check. Don't, don't know how much it is. Who's the executive producer of this show? Gotta oh. be Glenn Stearns. Gotta be Glenn Stearns. Because <laughs> how would you let a detail like that go by? Right, exactly. Hmm, hmm. Okay, and then you come down to the last two people. Now, um, oh, Matt's his name. Matt is the guy who had previous craft beer experience or whatever and he was really like figuring things out like he was taking on a lot now he gets 20k which matt yeah i thought his name was brian but it's matt the guy who are you sure it's not brian look i'm not sure guys oh with the guy who did all the actual work with like the spreadsheet yeah the the spreadsheets guy yes 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 yes. now he gets 20k Mm-hmm. Now remember, Chris Trot got twenty k and Don got twenty five. Am I just being like, okay? Am I just did we play the game of life too much to where I think twenty thousand dollars is not a lot of money? But this is not no, a lot of money. This was for over any three months. This is no money, right? I'm working eighty hours a week or some shit for yeah. you to get this off the ground, and this is what I get. It uh, it's not even if it's too, I mean I get, but yeah, for him, okay when you put it for him uh, maybe okay look because the other sorry, people the other people you could kind of ca- mm, calculate their hourly rate or something and like oh okay this is how much they get but this guy although as a consultant though no I feel like he did yeah you know he was I'm just saying I think he lowballed all of them oh okay I think that they yeah. all really performed exceeded expectations right and I just feel like wow. You're coming out as a millionaire and you're giving people $20,000 like I would I would be pissed. Fair. Because uh, this guy, Matt, I mean, he didn't give him any 
prompt or any he um the he came in with his own right he was like this is what we need to do this is the forecast he did all that on absolutely his own. Mm-hmm. glenn is not a leader that's my issue with him he did not say here's the direction we need to go to here's the data that i need to get this going he didn't say any of that shit right the other people just did it because they were self-starters because so many people are self-starters and want to do stuff and this motherfucker rich guy is just like oh yeah just that you know i need to come in and start a business no maybe it's just that these people needed a capital right and they could have started without something completely you. different without you exactly <laughs> like something I, they actually wanted to do it's so funny that you said self-starter because i feel like whenever i see self-starter on a job <laughs> thing i'm always like no no because a self-starter just means you want to either take all of my ideas or you want to lowball yeah you want to pay me not what i'm worth you have to be a self-starter. You got to be a self-starter, guys. You got to be. No, I don't. I'm coming here to work for you. Tell me can what I you want me to do, home? and I'm leaving. <laughs> if I can, if that's if I'm working from home, then that's you know maybe maybe an important thing. Maybe, but I mean, I you can still start. Boop boop. Excuse me. Oh, this day Burr, and age put it is in the not ignition, the same. Turn it. I don't no. know what car noises no, are. That was a know. weird. Yeah, yeah. You try. Boop boop. Beep beep. Is it a modern car? Back I don't. It up, baby, baby. Okay, all right. Okay, people can't see what you're doing right now, so it's not making any sense. Not making any sense. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, back to Matt. So the beer guy, he gets twenty k plus ten percent stake in the company. So, I mean, of course he wanted a stake in the company. That makes sense. He was the most interested in the company. Right. He probably would have stuck with. Yeah, stuck with it. And then our buddy RJ gets 25K, same as Don. I wouldn't say he put in as much work as Don. No, even though he tried to harp on him as if he, as if he were putting in as much work as Don. No, but all he, he had to do just, was call a couple people. No, that was it. Yeah, he, that was, he, it was really it. <laughs> that was it. So he gets 25K plus 10% ownership. So, so the two white guys get the ownership. Get the ownership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. to see here, folks. I'd keep it on a moving. Okay, everybody, <laughs> calm down. Just two white guys out of all these other people getting the ownership in this company when everyone's been duped for their labor and they're supposed to be just very happy because they got on a TV show. And that is the state of the future of the world. I feel like that is what the world is coming to. You just are going to have to be happy that your face will be seen on a TV. You might not get paid for it. Because remember that woman that I asked her, she got on a TikTok ad. She's in Times Square. She's in Atlanta. Her face is all over the place. And I said, did you get paid for that TikTok ad? And she she didn't answer me yes or no, but she said, well, but just the, you know, it's just nice to be honored, kind of, you know. No, this is bullshit. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to, Glenn Stern wants you to be on his TV show that he's probably executive producing and making a shit ton of money off of. But he's not going to pay dollars for the Discovery Plus app. Just to even watch this damn show. (laughs) Exactly. But he's not going to pay you. No. You really put that into perspective there. That is the way of things. It's like they've got us, they've got everybody in this weird stranglehold that's like, you have, you like, 
making celebrities so interesting or being on TV so interesting that you would risk all of this? I'm going to risk my livelihood to be on fucking TV. I don't care. Normal people should not be caring about this. There's a lot of, but I think, you know, the concept of television is so ever reaching. And um, I mean, it happens in acting too, but it's just like, oh, well, I'm going to pay you an exposure, you know? Right. And I Mm -hmm. think, and that's what pisses me off about this show is I think they probably promised a lot of that to people. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, I mean, realistically, though, what kind of further exposure are they getting? I mean, I'm sure maybe RJ for his, you know, for his clothing brand, for well, sure. Well, now they own a restaurant. I mean... They own a restaurant that's been featured. They've had to cover it during COVID because it's been going strong, you know? Right. That is a huge burden to put on people. And um, millionaires are egotistical assholes. That's the moral of this show. And that's the undercover millionaire of this. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the bullshit of undercover millionaire. And that's the... Okay, you say it. (laughs) <laughs> no and that's the bullshit of undercover millionaire exactly that, yeah exactly that you nailed it you nailed it 